see it. Oh, we are live. Oh, there we go. We are live right now, according to uh, according to this. All right. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Daily Fish. I'm John Daly. Eric Fishneider is going to be with us in a little bit, but we have the hard line from the Cost of Winning podcast, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about football and everything that's going on. Hey, Hardline, first of all, Happy New Year to you, buddy. Happy New Year to you, John. And thank you so much. Um, hey, crazy. We're going to start with college football here. Crazy football playoff mania. I got to tell you, to me, the craziest thing about that college football weekend on New Year's Eve was the fact that the final four for folks here on the East Coast, Georgia sealed the win right before midnight, right before the new year came. It was absolutely perfect timing for all of us. So we could eat and drink leading up to it. And if you didn't like the people who you were with, you could watch the game. Uh, the night went by so fast. It was like really funny. Sometimes you go to a you go to a New Year's Eve party and it's like, oh, OK, let's get to it. So hurry up and get to it so we can you know, pop the corks and do stuff like that. I got to tell you, those two games were spectacular as far as. And I, you know, I don't know where the defenses went because you had two great defensive yeah. teams that didn't do anything defensively. But uh, give, give me your take on what you saw that night. I think this is what everybody was hoping for or everyone was hoping for when they started the college football playoffs. I think they were looking for the most exciting teams that they could possibly match up. Um, but I also think that they were looking for teams that had uh, quality and standard to them. And, and regardless of what everybody could say about Michigan, um, Michigan didn't go out very easily. You know, they, they made it difficult for TCU. Now, there were some bad decisions that were made and some bad executions that were made. Um, and I know a lot of people would say, well, you know, you could have kicked the field goal on the goal line. You go for that. You trust your team to get that on the one-yard line to punch that in. Uh, you know, and, and give a lot of credit to Sonny Dykes for a guy that's, you know, worked his way up to yep. be in this position. For Max Duggan, who started off as the second-string quarterback this year that nobody had as a top-14, these are the stories that you love to see. On the flip side, you look at Stenson Bennett, a guy that's a walk-on, a guy that was a, uh, a Heisman finalist this year and last, and he's taking the team again to, to uh, the college football championship. This is going to be a very, very good game. Um, we'll get into the lines a little bit later, yep. but I think TCU is a better team than what people are, are giving them credit for. Um, and look, the thing is, uh, Georgia and Ohio State, that was a back and forth matchup. It wasn't like Georgia really dominated Ohio State, you know, even with that little bit of, of hope. Um, Ohio State did very well and, and honestly had that fake punt just gone through. We might be talking about a different situation. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And to be honest, you leading into that game, I, I thought for sure Michigan's defense was going to be more controlling. Uh, but to me, uh, TCU's speed was was far better. And it, it it actually I knew they were a good team, but it surprised me by how much. What do you what did you think about some of the calls? Because a lot of people I'm hearing a lot of people say, oh, the referees took it away from them. And in, in some respects, yeah, I think that that first the first touchdown that they should have scored that they didn't score. Yeah. I, I think he was in, I think he was in, he bobbled the ball. He secured it once he was in the end zone. So I think it should have been a touchdown on the other hand, on the next play, you don't fumble the ball on the, on the one yard line. And it goes back to your thing about execution. Um, I, I, I think 
I'm kind of, I don't like Michigan fans kind of screaming about the refs. Cause I think, I think the refs were okay. I can't say it was like, Oh my God, that was just a awful call or anything like that. What, what were your thoughts? Cause I know you're a Michigan fan. Uh, you know what? So the biggest thing is I'm a state fan, uh, but you know, for the state of Michigan, Hey, uh, my biggest thing is this, you can't blame the refs for everything. There was just, there's going to be bad calls in every game that you could say, Hey, you know, I don't necessarily know about that. Um, the biggest thing we talked about this uh, off air previously, I said, people don't realize how good Jake Moody is. I said, and if I'm TCU, I'm not trying to get into the field goal game with Michigan. Michigan is going to win that field goal game. They got one of the best field goal kickers in, in the state, um, in NCAA. The biggest thing for me is this is, again, why I keep saying Michigan needs to make a harder schedule. Stop going for the easy wins Colorado State, Hawaii, and start testing yourself, pushing yourself so when you get into these situations, you're a much better program. If you look at most of the teams that they played this year, they weren't great. Probably the best team that they played all season is probably Ohio State, and that's not really saying too much because you haven't tested yourself. The defense is okay, but when you consider teams like Alabama in the schedule that they play or Georgia in the teams that they play or you look at what TCU played in the Big 12, there's a reason why they're in the championship and when it came time to execute, they executed somewhat flawlessly. And why you look like you were running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you didn't know, because you haven't put yourself in situations to be tested. And I think this is going to keep coming back <coughs> to Michigan. I know people are going to say, well, Harbaugh should have called the timeout. We talk about the fumble on the one-yard line. Uh, we talk about the offsides. But again, that last sequence, to me, uh, is accumulation of Michigan's season. The, the offsides, the, you know, the, the botch snap, these are things that you have to get right. And, and it's easy to blame a head coach, but the head coach isn't on the field. Head coach calls the plays. Head coach has trust that J.J. McCarthy and all of them are, gonna, are going to execute it uh, to the best of their abilities. And there's just certain things that they just haven't done correctly. Uh, and until they get into a position where they're playing teams that are going to challenge them to make them better, to reevaluate and ask them, what could we be better? This is always going to happen, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, quickly, and I know we're going to get into the uh, to the lines uh, for the national championship game. What I thought was interesting was that um, Ohio State, I'm, I'm sorry, that uh, Georgia, I think I think the, the time off hurt them because I thought their timing was off. Their defense wasn't really that good. Granted, they did come back in the end, and, you know, offensively they were there. Um I thought for TCU, TCU needed that break because they hadn't had a break uh, almost the whole season. It, it allowed yeah. them to really get a lot of their their good players, their you know their skill players to to get that rest. So my my gut's telling me, and I'm just saying this to you right now. I think Georgia does win that game because I think Georgia woke up, and I think Georgia will become the Georgia that we had been seeing before. What's your thought on that? Uh, you know what? I, I think Georgia comes away with it. I think because Georgia has the more physical defense. Um, but the biggest thing is, and, and I want to give credit to where credit's due because a lot of people have kind of looked over him. Uh, give a lot of credit to CJ Stroud. I mean, he put on a clinic, uh, New Year's Eve. I mean, he, even when they were down, they were out. Uh, as Ryan Day says, all gas, no breaks. Uh, they, he really brought that team back to life. I think that he's improved his draft stock. Uh, I would not be surprised if maybe he's the first, first quarterback taken off the board because of how well he played and how well he executed against that Georgia team. 
Uh, and you know what? Uh, I know there's been a lot of people that have a lot of questions about him. I think he's the real deal. But in terms of Georgia, I, I think that defense is what keeps him alive. Stinson Bennett was good, but there are a couple questionable throws that he made where I was like, you know, for, for a guy that's been in this position before, uh, you should be pushing the pedal to the metal a little bit more. It seems like he, he was a little bit laggy. So, uh, again, maybe it was that break. We'll see. I believe the national championship is in Pasadena this year. Uh, so, oh, it's SoFi. Sorry, SoFi Stadium. Uh, in L.A., yeah. Yeah, in, in L.A. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, look, people in Texas travel, and they're closer to that stadium. So that might make a little bit of a difference. We'll see how that goes. All right. All right, folks, welcome to Daily Fish. We're coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. We also have Eric Fish-Schneider, who will be on momentarily. And then we also have the hard line we've been talking to here. He's John Hardison with the Cost of Winning podcast and all of sports betting advice that's coming up. Plus, we have uh, much more sports. Fish's crazy memes are coming up. We have Schmuck of the Week and some political discussion and rants. Again, if you have questions or comments, drop them in the chat box here. If you're not watching us live, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's jump into the NFL uh, and the different scenarios. I got to tell you, what's so great about the NFL is I I thought for a while week 18 wouldn't have any games of consequence. (laughs) There are still some, and we still got the games tonight. Uh, We got the big game tonight, the the Monday night game. Give me what what was the most intriguing scenario for you either yesterday or what's coming up tonight? Uh, You know what? The most intriguing scenario for me yesterday – I'll give you two. One was the Jags, um, even though, you know, it didn't really count necessarily. Uh, I think the Jags are playing some of the best football I've seen them play all season. Uh, It's amazing what happens when you cut dead weight and you get the right head coach (laughs) uh, to make a difference. But the other one is the Lions. Uh, You know, a lot of people have written them off. Uh, I I certainly didn't think that they would be pushing for a playoff spot after they started off 1-6, but they're finding a way to turn it around. Uh, Again, as we talked about before, one – uh, that half win could have come back to bite them that Washington had. Unfortunately, Washington had that collapse. Uh, but two, that loss against Carolina, that's a big loss for them because now it's a, a win and a little bit of help and you're in. Yep. And th- this is this is one, it's like a playoff game. And it's also, it's, it, it's going to be like a, I mean, for someone like you who's from Michigan, uh, and I know you're, you're, you're going to look at it because we'll go to the bets later, but you're looking at this game. This is an emotional game. I mean, the oh, the Lions have not done much against the Packers, and this game is going to be huge for them. How do you how do you go about thinking about that and and trying to get the emotional as well as the statistical perspective in there? Uh, well, the biggest thing is you got to look to see what they've been doing. You got to look, be honest with yourself when uh, when you're looking at this team, even though it's your team. You got to be honest, kind of the situation that you're in. Uh, You know what? The Lions have been playing solid defense. They've been good offensively lately outside, if you take away the Carolina game, uh, what they've been able to do. You know, they have wins against the Giants. They have wins against two wins against the Bears. Uh, They split against Minnesota. And again, we beat the Packers earlier this season. So it's not like it's a team that we're not familiar with. It's not like it's a team that can't be beat. On the flip side, you do look at what the Packers have been doing the last five or six games. They've been on a tear. That And, again, let, let's be very honest with everybody. This is not Aaron Rodgers playing his best football. This is a great defense and great special teams that have been able to keep them in games and have them win. So, And they've been running the ball effectively. Uh, the two double-headed monster of Dylan and Jones uh, that have kept them, kept them there. The biggest thing that uh, it's kind of an irritant is Green Bay now gets to close out the season on two 
home on two home stands. So they played in Green Bay yesterday. Then they're going to play in Green Bay again uh, this Sunday. Yes, because they play Sunday. This Sunday. And there are a couple questionable calls against Minnesota. uh, I think might play into the fact of of the Lions trying to get a victory. Because I'll tell you, uh, when Jair Alexander, it's not a knock, he's a fabulous cornerback. When he hit the giddy right in front of uh, Justin Jefferson, I was for certain they were going to call taunting. I really did. And the fact that he got away with it, that's the Green Bay effect. <laughs> Fish is with us. Fish, you're in there. Can you hear us okay, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're both so full of shit. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Green Bay, green, well, it's real simple. This is big for Detroit hardline because they can knock the Packers out of the playoffs. And between Favre, and Rodgers, you're like 40 and 5 and 40. I looked at some of the stats on that. You get to knock the fucking out of the playoffs, okay? That's number one. Number two, Detroit's out. If the Seattle Seahawks beat Hampton, this is everything yeah. for Detroit. Two scenarios that I heard you, John's great. Two scenarios that intrigue me the most are if New England and Green Bay win, they're in. But I'm going to give you two teams that no one wants to see in the playoffs. That's the Chargers. The Chargers look good. I mean, they look real good. They're starting to get healthy right now. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Finish your thought, Fish. You said the Chargers and somebody else. The Packers. Is, is my audio down again, guys? No, you're. I can no, you're you. good. You're uh, good. Uh, but the, he, he took off. He's having a little technical problem. There is the Chargers look good though. I mean, you know, they're getting a lot of people back. They're getting Bosa back. Daryl James is coming back. They're getting some offensive linemen back. Uh, you know, look at all the pe- pieces that they have around Justin Herbert, Eckler, again, All Pro uh, running back. But even if you look at Keenan Allen. And Mike Williams is kind of a side thought. We look at uh, was is it Perryman or or Parham? Uh, you you've got some good second and third wide receivers that you know Herbert's really slinging it around. I mean that's a team that now that they're getting healthy, you don't necessarily want to see. Uh, what the Packers look, the Packers could make a run, but if they play a team like San Francisco or they play a team like the Eagles in the first round, I I don't have um much faith, especially with them being on the road that they're going to get it done. My thought is, is that if I look at the NFC, uh, none of the teams in the NFC at the top are would scare me. Uh, when I saw the Packers play yesterday, um, and I thought defensively, and you're absolutely right, Aaron Rodgers is not, he's not at the top of his game, but he's still a competent quarterback who can control the offense. That defense to me yesterday was so scary if I'm an opposing team. And to yep. me... I think if the Packers get in, I think they do some stuff. And I th- I think they're more frightening. The Eagles, yeah, I mean, hopefully Hurts gets back. I don't know if he's going to play next week. Uh, certainly the Cowboys are beatable. Um, you know, the 49ers, yeah, let's see what they do in the playoffs. I mean, they're still pretty good. I mean, they their defense, which is fabulous, gave up a lot to the Raiders yesterday. So um, I, I think if the – and the Packers may not get in. But I think if they do get in, I think they could be very scary going through the playoffs and maybe winning the NFC. I will um, say this, though. This this is why uh, 
They say it's better to win early than to try and start winning late. Because if you look at the Lions, if they had beaten Seattle early, if they had beaten the Eagles early, you know, or even Carolina, this wouldn't be necessarily a situation. Uh, you know, you don't want to start off as much as Detroit and Green Bay kind of mirror each other with the way their season went. You don't want to start off, uh, you know, deep in the hole and have to climb your way back out. All right. The uh, Obviously, the uh, Bengals need to win tonight. And they also need to win next week against the uh, against the Ravens. Um, uh, they also need the Chiefs to lose to the Raiders. I don't know if that's going to happen. I kind of see the Bills uh, kind of controlling uh, their destiny because uh, they 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 if they win tonight and they beat the Pats next week, they've got the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. Uh, how do how do you feel about that hard line? Give me give me your, you got the Bills or the Bengals? What do you think? Uh, you know, I'm taking the Bills tonight. I think that they're they're the better overall team. Uh, you know, the Bengals are good. I, I think they're a solid team. But right now, uh, the Bills and the and the Chiefs control their own destiny. I think the Chiefs have the easier uh, remaining of the schedule and playing the Raiders. And seeing the Raiders, it's a pride game more than anything uh, versus the Chiefs that are trying to, you know, lock in that number one seed. And look, uh, the Chiefs aren't a home run in, uh, in this playoffs either. I mean, they struggled against... Denver yesterday. It was not a clean game for them as much as people want. Uh, I think the Bills right now, if they win tonight, it helps. The question I have for next week is, do they play their starters the majority of the game or do they say, hey, you know what? Uh, It's better to rest up and have Josh Allen and the rest of the boys healthy and and we'll play out because we'll go anywhere and beat anyone. All righty. Let's uh, let's bring Fish back in. He's back in there with us. Fish, let's let's, let's talk about some social media bias and some some of the the pundits that you're seeing out there. What are, what what are you thinking? Well, all they talked about on the in the morning, and all they're talking about is the Jets not making the playoffs. Well, the Giants are the real story in New York, with Brian Dable probably going to vote for the year. Okay. The second thing is it's all about Dallas, Philly, and Green Bay. There's no other teams in the National Football League other than them, and it's aggravating because there's there's 32 teams in the NFL. What the Raiders did yesterday with Jared Stidham was amazing. He made throws that I haven't never seen Derek Carr make, and that's been the big talk. Ask Hardline. That's been the big chatter here is with Carr. Peter King wrote a scathing article on Pro Football Talk this morning that Carr left the team – and acting like a pussy, I don't know about that. The bottom line is there's just you, – you have to explore other issues in the league, like Jaguars, like you guys talked about earlier. It can't be Dallas, Brady, Brady and, and the Jets, for whatever reason, the Jets are more sexy than the Giants. And Daniel Jones is comeback player of the year, maybe, and Brian Dable's coach of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Hardline, what do you what do you what are you thinking? Do you think this pundits uh, are a little too uh, too one sided? I think they're one sided, but I mean, you know, you're talking about some of the most marketable uh, marketable franchises that are out there, some of the most valuable ones. I think that's kind of consistently why it goes up. Dable's good. Uh, I do think that uh, the head coach of the Eagles gets that that coach of the year award. I think that he took a team that a lot of people kind of were questionable about, and if especially if they lock up this number one seed. I think that he ends up getting it. Uh, it's a great story that he did this year. It's great. In terms of Daniel Jones, maybe New York's figured out what they've wanted. <laughs> maybe they've gotten the guy that uh, a lot of us have a lot of questions about and going from there. In regards to the Jets, 
I think the question is looking at it is how did you start off so good and end so bad? And I think that's what kind of goes. But yeah, look, there's some markets that get overlooked. Um, I think true football fans know what teams are actually playing really well and what teams are just, you know, flashing the pan. And we talked about this earlier. The Jags are playing some of the best football I've seen them play in the last couple years. I mean, their defense is real. They're coming up with stops. They're coming up with turnovers. Uh, and I think that they'll run the AFC South at least for the next couple years. I think they're that solid and that well coached, honestly. Uh, but they're, but like you said, there's teams like we. you brought up the Chargers. A lot of people aren't necessarily talking about the Chargers, but look how well they've been playing in the absence of a lot of injuries. Go Fish. Hands down, besides Dable, coach of the year by far is Mike Tomlin of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The injuries that team has had and what he's doing, the rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is going to be up for rookie of the year this year. They have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs. Obviously, uh, New England and Miami have to lose and they have to beat the Browns. It can happen. But I love what Tomlin's done with that team. It's unreal. One of the things I've noticed is that uh, people aren't talking about, I've heard one one pundit say this, that is there a worse 12-4 and four team than the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> in the history of football? Uh, you know what? There, there are some questionable teams that are out there. Uh, Minnesota finds ways to, to keep winning, except for yesterday, though, uh, for the most part. But look, I could bring up a team like uh, – what was it, the 06 or 07 Chargers where Schottenheimer just tells them, if you get the interception, just go down. Don't take it back. And, of course, they take it back and fumble. <laughs> Fish, give us your thoughts on that one. Yeah. You know, if the, if the season – well, John, if the season ended today, the Giants played Minnesota in Minnesota – and NFL Network said the Giants would probably be favored. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, they, they are. Kirk Cousins is the most polarizing. He's, he's the most polarizing quarterback in the playoffs because you don't know what Kirk Cousins you're going to get, and you got the best receiver playoffs besides Devontae Adams is not going to the playoffs. Justin Jefferson's a, a, a <laughs> just beautiful. So I agree with you, John. They are. I have to say broad. They're, they're, you know, they're the, what they are. They're the girl you date. They're the girl you date for three months and she doesn't let you in her pants. And then when she does, you find out she's a guy. That's a Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's talk about some new year's resolutions in sports fish. Do you got any resolutions? I'm sure you do for the Raiders. Is there anything you're, you're, you're pushing? Yeah, I love baseball, and I like to see baseball have a really good season with the new pitch clock and some new rules, speed up the game, get more people interested. But look at my background. That's my big resolution. When you go to the game yesterday and you see 40,000 San Francisco fans in that stadium, both John, it's depressing being a Raider fan. The Raiders are losing loss. Vegas. I just want to see them have some success for the younger fans like my son. 18 out of 20 years, Hardline, they've had a losing record. It's enough. 
Teams go through bad times. My New Year's resolution is just win, baby. The commitment to excellence needs to come back. Just be great. This, it, it's enough. I'm done. Harline, I'll jump in here quickly on mine because they kind of tie into Fish's thing. One of my resolutions for the year is when I start posting stuff on about baseball games, I'm going to be putting the, the uh, total game time in there just to make sure that, like what Fish was saying, we got the pitch clock in there, that games are going to be down to – you know, two hours when it's a five to four game and you're not going to bore the crap out of people. As far as my Red Sox go, I'm really disappointed in what they're doing in the offseason. I'm going to be watching carefully because the ownership, the Fenway Park ownership with Fenway Park group, um, you know, they've got uh, what's the, oh, they, what's the soccer, what, what soccer team they have over in, in England because I don't follow it that much. Um, you know, they got the Pittsburgh Penguins in the group there. Le, they brought LeBron James on. I think they're going to go get the franchise for the NBA in Las Vegas and, and and make LeBron the head of it. So to me, my concern is is that the, they're not they're not helping the Red Sox at all, or they're trying to make the Red Sox the the Tampa Bay Rays from about ten years ago. And that's what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch to make sure that they still are the Red Sox. I think they're going to lose fans. I think a lot of fans are going to be upset seeing you know all these players that are going to oh. go, I mean, there's talk they're going to trade Chris sale. So really, you know, who knows? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of talk about that. So anyway, what's your resolution for uh, sports? You're not, you're not shooting. I'm not what? You're not losing any fans. The Red Sox fans are so loyal. They went through what, a thousand years, not losing any fans because of ownership. That's a great icon. You know this. You grew up there. They're not losing any fans. They're going to sell out Fenway Pack. It's <laughs> Go for it, Hardline. What's yours? Uh, my resolution is to move on from Derek Carr and just call a spade a spade. I just think that, you know, it's run its course. Uh, we've had our ups and downs. Uh, but my, my resolution is to evaluate every, every Raider on the roster and go from there. Uh, look, you know, talking about yesterday's game, uh, I'll tell Fish watching it, that was the most complete game I've seen the Raiders play all season. I mean, from start to finish, it was good. There were a couple questionable calls, but uh, to take the 49ers to the to the level that they did, hey, and look, as you said, Stedham made some passes. He did some things that I wish Carr had learned during his tenure with the Raiders, uh, especially a lot of times when he's looking downfield, they're playing the shell game, and Stidham just says, you know what? I'm just going to take off, run for five yards, and slide. That's what I've been looking for for the last five, six years, and I haven't been able to get it. Uh, in resolution of sports, uh, for me, especially being a Detroit Lions fan, uh, my resolution is uh, to not get my heart, feel like my heart is broken when we go on losing streaks. You know, look, that's part of what it is. Being a Lions fan, there's highs and lows, and I'm going to learn to be kind of, you know, zen with the way that everything goes moving forward. I love it. I love it. All right. That's good. All right. Now it's time. Let's get some memes in here. Fish. Uh, I know you've been, you've been searching around the internet and you've got some good stuff for us. Let hit, hit us with some stuff here. Ah, Pele. Um, right. If you can hear me, LeBron James said he wants to be as popular as this guy in the world. That's Diego Maradona also with Pele. There's no, there's, am I in the 20th century, John and John? 
There's Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, and that man right there. No person on the planet will ever achieve the greatness and the legendary status of that, guys. So rest in peace. Phenomenal. All right. Yep. So yep. This, the Raiders stink, right? And you can tell they're going to – look at Josh Daniels. Look at his headband for a game. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, he's an idiot. I mean, come on. Really? And he know it. Oh, and then down. on the sideline corrected. You know what? That's our season. But this is what hitters need right here. Okay. Nice. Remember this, John? Daily? Yeah, John Madden. Absolutely. That's Madden. Madden would smoke on the sideline. Yeah. Okay. Let's get rid of that. Let's go here, guys. This is a great – listen to this quote by former Bronco Nathaniel Hackett. What the fuck was I supposed to do? It's hard to coach a guy who has more bathrooms in his house than touchdown passes this year. Wow. All right. I love it. We, we, you know, we, uh, we took Christmas off. We were off for Christmas, but – these are some of the the uh, resolutions that these guys want. Hardline, look at this one. Look at cousins. Ayahuasca. Tom Watson wants a massage. Your mom. Jack Wilson wants your mom. You're, if you're listening, Baker Mayfield ban all playbooks. Kirk Cousins stinks at night games, so one of eleven o'clock playoff games. And then Devontae Adams wants Aaron Rodgers back. Great start. <laughs> All right, I got a couple more. Check this out. Check out check out a man cave, John. Read this. Uh, my wife hey, asked that. me what the female version of a man cave would be. I told her it's called a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, there's a lot of 49er fans there, Hardline, yesterday, but the ones that didn't go, look at their pregame. Look at their pregame warm-up. <laughs> it's called driving a stick shift. Uh, ersnyder at gmail.com. Hey, <laughs> okay, guys. So. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us here, folks. Again, we are a Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, politics, everything in between. Just like you do, no woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. Hey, you got a problem with us? Suck it up. You have questions or comments, drop them in the chat box. Or if you're joining us, if you're joining us live. Otherwise, if you are not, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, now it's time for Schmuck Swag and Drinks. Fish, who's been schmucky this week? You get the, uh, can, you see my, can you see the icon? The, the yeah. Schmucks. I got two schmucks. I got two of them this week. Two. Okay, here's the first one. This is amazing. So Don Lemon on CNN is hosting the New Year's Eve thing for <laughs> New Orleans. And what, while, while they're trying to count down, he's partying with these people. He missed the entire countdown, all right? <laughs> he's sitting there talking to this girl who's grabbing his ass. It's so funny. And he missed the entire <laughs> countdown. All right. Here's my second schmuck. My yes. second schmuck of the week. Um, Hardline, did you ever watch Wheel of Fortune with Pat Sajak? 
Yeah. Huh? Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, this is Pat Sajak and his daughter, Maggie. All right. So he brings Maggie on and says, nepotism is great. She's taken over for Vanna. And that was just not a right thing to say. Not smart because, you know, look, Vanna's been doing it for 40 years. That's a schmucky thing to do. I mean, you give your daughter yeah. the job, but come on. That's the easiest yeah. job on the planet. And Vanna's from Myrtle Beach. All right, so let's <laughs> see who we're going to celebrate this week. Who's got the swag, Fish? Oh, we just we lose Hardline? Okay. Um, oh, we did lose Hardline. Yeah. Okay, well, you brought the Raiders. Yeah, well, he's, he's pissed off. This, this guy right here, um, forget about him uh, possibly being a free agent. Josh Jacobs I found out what he does in the community. He's gonna he's gonna lead the league in rushing. And what he does in the community is he has autograph sessions for kids in, 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 in everywhere. And he just goes out on his days off and goes to children's hospitals and he's just a tremendous human being. So good for him. He's he's about to get paid. And that's 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 a great thing for a kid. And he also grew up homeless. He lived with his dad for a while. So um we're talking about Jacob's hard line is the, the um, swag because he grew up homeless. He does great things in the community and here in Las Vegas. Goes to soup kitchens on his day, and he's about to get paid. Yeah. He yeah. deserves it. I mean, he's, you know, not only a great guy, gives back to the community, but, you know, he's had an amazing turnaround season compared to maybe the last couple as well. So congratulations to Josh. Absolutely. All right. And now we're going to have our drink of the week. We're going to toast Josh Jacobs, what are we sipping on, Fish? Uh, well, it's cold. It's cold here. Hold on, uh, a Kiyoki coffee. All right. Nice. You can go brandy, Kahlua. Some people put dark cream to cocoa in there, right? And then coffee. So a nice coffee drink. Josh Jacobs, thank you for being a bright spot in this shitty Raiders season. Absolutely. Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Hey, our Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. They have great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to the Shuck's Tavern on North Durango. That's on the northwest side of town. And Fish is there overnight. You walk in there, you say Daily Fish Podcast, you get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shuck's Tavern. Check out Shuck's Tavern on Facebook. And again, folks, this is Daily Fish. We're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can subscribe there. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can watch us on Facebook at the Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check out Daily Fish on YouTube and Wingding TV. And also check us out on Hey Vegas TV as well. That's at heyvegastv.com. Check out our posts and our news updates on Twitter and Facebook as well because we get a lot of them for you. All right, now it's time to get the bets from the Daily Fish Hardlines, as we always talk about. He is John Hardison. He has the podcast, The Cost of Winning, focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. He's with, you. He's with us here every single week, The Hardline. That's right. So, hey, Hardline, um, TCU, Georgia. We, we, we kind of previewed it before. What are you thinking 
as far as the betting goes, what are you going to take? What are you recommending to folks? You know what? I'll take it to CU plus 13 and a half. Um, it's a lot of points that they're giving TCU. Yeah. I think TCU is a better team than what a lot of people think. Uh, they're gritty. You know, they'll grind it out. If they, Especially if Duggan starts going, he can start running that ball the way that he does, start eating some clock. I think TCU's whole game plan, honestly, is run the ball, be effective. Don't let Stinson Bennett get on the field as much as possible. But I, I think TCU plus 13 and a half is an easy bet, honestly. Uh, from what we said, and we talked about this earlier, from what we saw from Georgia, uh, they let teams, you know, kind of creep back into games. They don't necessarily just, you know, smash them and, and keep them down. So I, I think that TCU is one of those underdog stories that, you know, they might be able to, to turn the table on them and keep it real close. All right. Sounds good. Did you say earlier you're going to call a spade? <laughs> he did. Say what? Hardline, did you say earlier that you're going to call a spade a spade? Because I'm never going to call spade, you man. a spade. But I'm going to say you a good-looking, bald-headed, shrimp-eating motherfucker that comes in the shucks. <laughs> Give me what you got on the Lions and the Packers. Money line minus two hundred because you know you know them jambalaya eating Detroit people gonna go at it this week and beat the pack of ass and and send that dead motherfuckers Aaron Rodgers home. I would hope I hope that we beat Aaron Rodgers, but look the the fact is you know the Packers got two games in Lambeau. Uh, you know they made they made the Vikings look terrible. Let's just be honest, the the Vikings look god awful uh, last week. There were a couple questionable things that happened. You know, the a couple pass interference calls that weren't made, the Giddy uh, not being taunting because if it was any other team, they would have called taunting on it. But look, you know, the Lions haven't had the best time going to Lambeau. Um, recently, when the Packers come to Detroit, it's a different story. But with this being said, uh, winning your end, I think the Packers are the sexier team. And I think with them being at home, unfortunately, they get it done. All righty. Uh, I'm actually looking ahead uh, to next next Sunday and it's going to be 27 degrees in green Bay, but no, no snow or rain. So um, I, to me, if it was completely snowy, I would, I would jump on board with the, uh, with the Packers as well. But I, I do think, I think your reasoning's right there. Okay. Browns in Steelers. Steelers are three point favorite. Um, this is, this is going to be interesting. The Browns played really well, but uh, you know, Steelers got it on the line. Browns don't have anything on the line. Who are you picking? I'm going with the Steelers. I mean, look, as you said, the Steelers got everything uh, to play for. The Browns, not so much. You know, they're they're pretty much eliminated. If they're already eliminated from the playoffs. But the Steelers, look, they need a little bit of help to get in. They need a couple losses. Uh, but they got to keep the train moving. And look, as everybody says over and over from Chris Collinsworth to everyone else, Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in the 15 years that he's there. Uh, right now they're sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, A win possibly puts them over, and I think that they get the win over the Browns. I'm a Jaguars and the Titans. Let me tell you who I'm betting. I'm betting Jaguars in this game. No way they lose to either Malik Willis or Josh Dobbs. Who do you got? I got the Jags. Um, you know what? This is, like I said, some of the best football that they've been playing. Their defense has been really good. What They get wins against Dallas. Uh, they got wins against Houston. They got wins against some crucial, uh, crucial opponents this year. 
Uh, even the first game, starting off the first game of the season where they played uh, the Commanders, they ended up getting a win. There's nothing that the Titans have done this season that make me ooh and ah um, at, at what they have going. And look, honestly, the, the biggest question is with Tannehill out, do you even bother playing Derrick Henry? Is that something? Because I know he's been injured. Uh, last week when they played Dallas, he was doubtful. I don't think Josh Dobbs is your answer. Malik Willis, uh, I feel bad for his situation because you drafted him and it doesn't seem like you're really giving him a shot uh, to learn and progress in this league. At this point, I think the Jags go ahead, take the division, keep it moving, and uh, we'll see them in the postseason. But I, I can't bet against the Jags. Here's what's interesting. The Giants play the Eagles, and you would have thought, oh, this is going to be a game that has you know, consequences for the Giants. It really it has consequences for the Eagles. Yeah. So who are you picking in this one? I think the Giants plus 13 and a half. Uh, I know they're going to rest some of their starters. I, I assume the Eagles are the Eagles are going to win, but 13 and a half is a lot of points to lay, especially that we don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to play this week coming up. Uh, Gardner Minshew looked good in Dallas, but he looked dog shit against the Saints. Uh, we there, There's a lot of questions in the air, but I, I think the Giants cover, but I think the Eagles get the win. I think they end up locking up that seed. Yeah, I agree. Um, Bills and Patriots. I wow. Patriots win and they're in. What do you got? You got the Bills. You got the Bills minus seven and a half. What do you think? I like the Bills. Uh, you know, a lot of question comes down to what's the Bills mindset. If they want to lock up that number one overall seed, uh, you got to play your guys. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Even though rest is is great, that number one overall seed gets you a buy, and then you go from there. I think the Bills, especially seeing the history that the Patriots have had against them. Uh, I think Sean McDermott probably wants to stick it to him. I think he sticks it to him hard. He says, Ben Belichick home for the postseason, and uh, and the Bills get this win. They're just – the Patriots are outmatched um, at pretty much every position that the Bills are, are really good at outside the running back position. Even though Mac Jones is trying, I just don't think that he's going to have a great game against the Bills. I take the Bills minus seven and a half. All right, before we uh, get out of the hard line uh, session here, um, what about tonight? <clears throat> tonight you got the <clears throat> Bills in Cincinnati. Who are you picking in that game? Are you taking that game at all? I'm taking the game. I'll take the Bills. Uh, you know what? I like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is a good team. They've been playing much, much better uh, the last five or six games compared to where they kind of started off. It was a little hit or miss, I know, because of injuries. Uh, hey, look, Joe Burrow definitely has established himself as a top five, top six quarterback. But I think Josh Allen and the boys get it done. I don't think that they have an answer in Cincinnati for uh, Deshaun, uh, sorry, for Stephon Diggs uh, or Gabriel Davis. And that's a guy that a lot of people have missed under the radar. Uh, he started off the season real hot, kind of been underneath. But Gabriel Davis is a name to look out for tonight. I think that he has a great game. Uh, and I, look, Eli Apple, I don't think Eli Apple can match up with Stephon Diggs. I just don't. I mean, he gets burnt uh, quite a bit of times. And, and I think this is just one of those nights that's not going to be in his favor. All right, before we uh, go, uh, Fish, is the last man standing, is it done at Chuck's? No. Three. What? Three people still alive, all with wow. the loss going into week 18. Three. Three people. Wow. That's impressive. 
Okay. Well, we'll find out next week after we do that. And folks, that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning Podcast. You find him here with us every week, but you can also find him on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Hardline sticks around as we get into some more controversy here. All right, guys, we're going to talk a little politics here. We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Um, Fish, do you, do you have any as far as what you want to see politically and socially that you're you're pushing? Well, I want to see justice. I want to see things get re- resoluted as far as agendas and start doing things for people in America. We have no, there's no water in Mississippi or Flint, Michigan. Yet every, all our money is going to other countries. We got to fix what's going on in America first. It's a resolution. And yes, we are the policing the world. What about everybody else? But let's fix America first. And we're going to find out in April Who's running for president? You have, to, you have to declare in April who's running. Be interesting. I have my thoughts on that, and we'll get into that in future shows. But let's take care of America first. What do you got, Hardline? Uh, absolutely. I, I think it's accountability is the biggest thing in terms of resolution. Uh, I'm interested to see what the House does with this Daniel Snyder case. Uh, I know a lot of them have said that once they take over this month that they're going to kind of throw it out. But you know, look, there's been a lot of issues with the Washington Commanders, things that need to be investigated, things that really need to be uh, people that need to be held accountable, especially for workplace mistreatment. Um, and, and this is kind of where I give a lot of credit to the NBA for somewhat policing itself, especially in terms of the Robert Serber situation, where there's certain things that employer employee that you just can't do. And there's a type of workplace and environment that needs to be held to a certain standard. And the fact that reading some of the reports what Daniel Snyder has done and thought that it was okay, especially from the the cheerleader tryouts to certain things that he said. I think that that's a guy that needs to be held accountable and for our politicians to really dig deep into why is this okay. And it shouldn't be just smoothed over because he owns a football team. It just shouldn't. Uh, and that's, that's part of it. And look, you're right, Fish. Uh, making sure that we're taking care of the citizens of the United States uh, the most, you know, clean water, food. Uh, making sure that education reform is actually happening, making sure that teachers are paid correctly. I think these are things that we really need to sit down and actually talk about and find ways to make actionable um, ideas into uh, into actions. Well, let me ask you guys this, because I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. I mean, should we stop funding Ukraine, stop funding the war in Ukraine and putting more money into domestic infrastructure? What do you think, Fish? I'll go. Can you hear me? I'll go first. No, we shouldn't stop funding Ukraine. But I just told John about an article I read on CNN today and also report that Putin's a madman. It's like uh, Dr. Strangelove. He's got his finger on that button. No matter how much money we feed Ukraine, if he hits that button, that red button, it all goes for naught. So, no, we still continue to do what we have to do, but we're not taking care of our own. You know, I think the people in Flint, Michigan, and the people in Louis in Mississippi and other places where they need help, that comes first. What a country doesn't take what country on the planet doesn't take care of their own first, then worry about other you take care of your own family first, and then you take care of other people, right? Hardline, what do you think? Look, um, I'm not saying to stop funding it, but what I'm also saying is look, we're a country of billions of dollars. We can find ways to allocate resources to other things that, you know, that our budget have. 
that the budget that we have allows. Look, there's a lot of things that are out there, whether it's healthcare, whether it's you know um, education reform that we can put money towards and we can raise certain things. It's not like we have to be focused on only one objective and one thing. There's multiple objectives. Look, we have multiple people in the House. We have multiple people in the Senate. Uh, we have multiple, um, multiple groups and committees. This is why you get things done. You look and you find ways to make these things happen. Well, here's my resolution. Mine is we're, we're about ready to head into a divided government uh, with the Republicans controlling the House, the Democrats kind of controlling the Senate and uh, controlling the White House as well. And so one of my resolutions is that there's going to be a lot of disinformation being thrown out there. And if you're seeing it, don't spread it around. What I do is I do two things. One, I go do a fact check. And I'll put that fact check on there. I won't tell them you're an idiot. I won't tell them that they're <laughs> fools and they shouldn't do that. But I put the fact check on there. And at the same time, too, I'm not going to berate anybody for what their feelings are, or what their thinking is. I think a lot of people need to start doing that. And unfortunately, you know, the news media is is not helping with that. One of the great stories is this Congressman Santos. Have you seen that story? The guy who got in and... His, his resume is completely falsified. He, he didn't do anything that he said he did. He's not, he's not a Jewish homosexual. He's anything but. He had been married before. And here's the amazing thing was, it's like, how did this guy get elected? A local newspaper. you are. That's exactly it. You're right. A local newspaper months ago questioned his resume. And... And nobody paid attention to it. The media didn't pay attention to it. Nobody else, and somebody did, and they're not paying attention to, to that there. L let, me, let me throw one other quick thing out there, because you touched on this, Fish, about, about Putin. I'm watching Jack Ryan on, um, on Amazon, and it is amazing how that storyline parallels perfect what's going on in Russia today. Uh, and again, they don't use Putin. They don't have Putin as the president or anything like that. They got fictional characters. But if you watch this, it is absolutely amazing. It's exactly what you said, Fish, is that they're worried about, you know, him putting the button on the nuclear weapon just to kind of get things all tangled up so that Russia can become the superpower again. Uh, so I would recommend to folks, go ahead and watch Jack Ryan, the third season. It is fabulous, and it ties into so many different things. Really well shot, uh, funny at times, um, but it's 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 worth seeing. I would do that. Um, the other thing, well, let me throw let me throw at you guys. What are you guys binging anything that's of of relevance? Uh, I finished uh, Jack Ryan. I actually, every time that comes out, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it uh, since season one. So, uh, love the way that they did it. Uh, love the idea of of how this is happening and the coups and different things. Um, and it's it's again each season kind of does mirror something. Uh, whether you talk about second season, talk about Venezuela and everything happening in South America and the oil reserves and all that, up into this. I mean, you called a great, you picked a great, great um, show, and I recommend it to anybody. To me, I think John Krasinski is the best Jack Ryan that I've seen. I agree. I agree. Fish, what do you got? I'm watching something on Netflix called John Daly's What It's Like to Be a Jewish Homosexual. And it takes him <laughs> through the whole process of him getting his penis. And then he 
starts hanging out at Jewish Social Club, and he starts bringing his mother there, and they're doing everyone's curtains. It's <laughs> phenomenal. It's eight seasons. Um, Chris Brosnan plays John Daly. Ben Stiller <laughs> plays me. Cedric the Entertainer plays Hardline. It's a terrific. So, got so John Daly's What Does It Be a Jewish Homosexual on Netflix? Phenomenal. I love it. Man, How many did episodes? you have the crisp yet? <laughs> Oh, uh, the Brit. Oh, no, actually, yeah. Phil, in episode three, and John, John demands his character demands at the Briss that it's an open ceremony. Everyone gets to watch, but it's, <laughs> the penis is so small you can't see anything. You know, it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. L and by Edie Fell plays his wife Terry. Phenomenal. Go from Carm Carmelo in. Camilla, and he goes, John's wife is really a stretch. So it's great. <laughs> That's good. Well, the reason why I had the bris like that is because even oh though I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, I'm also Irish too. So the Irish thing ties into that perfectly. Beautifully. All right. All right, folks, we are Daily Fish. Not, We're coming no, to you no, from not, Vegas, Myrtle Beach. Not, John's the only guy I know. I was going to say, we hit a lot of different things for you. As, you, as you're hearing here, we're on Facebook at daily.fish.5. You can also watch us on Facebook, Myrtle Beach Golf Channel, Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. You can check out Daily Fish on YouTube, also on Wingding TV, also Hey Vegas TV at heyvegastv.com. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon as well. You can use all those channels to hear our interviews as well. We have special guests coming up, including on January 12th, Brian Cranston is going to be joining us. And if you need to, you got a question, you got a comment, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, that's the wrap here. So t tell me what fish finish us finish this up here. What do you what do you what what are you what are you chewing on right now? Well, you you walk well, you walked in one of the episodes in episode five, John walks into a bar, right? And he says to the bartender, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm converting to Judaism. So he asked for an Irish coffee, and they put Manischewitz in the fucking thing, you know. <laughs> John, and then John wanted a discount on the goddamn thing. It was a really crazy episode. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny watching Patty McGuigan saying, "Can you believe I'm dealing with John Dalyberg? It's crazy here, lobbies. It's nuts." Anyways, love you guys. Happy New Year! Can't wait to, to get this thing all sorted out. And uh, hey, again, rest in peace. Pele. Right here. Pele. Great. Rest in peace. Pele, oh, the greatest. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. We'll Go see you back here next Cardinal. week. Daily and I are living vicariously through you. Go. Go Lions. I'm hoping. 